Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adeomi again. We are going through the letters of Apostle Paul. We are in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 now. And we have gone as far as verse 12. Apostle Paul was addressing the marriage issue for husband and wife in, the, in this chapter. He has talked to the widows and the unmarried. He classified himself as one of them. And he said it's better for them to stay unmarried unless he cannot continue the better marriage. And then he talked to the husband and wives that are in the household of faith that they should give themselves due benevolence and not be fighting over sex in the household. Then he's talking in verse, verse 12 here, talking about those who are married to unbelievers. If the, if the spouse wanted, to, the unbelieving spouse wanted to stay in the marriage, you can't put her away, you can't separate because if she wanted to stay. But if the unbelieving spouse decided to quit and say, I don't like this, your religion, and wanted to quit, they let her quit. That's what he's saying in verse 12. Let's read it on. He said, but I, to the rest I speak, not to the Lord. He says, it's not the Lord that's giving this command. He's the one giving it by his own spiritual judgment. If any brother has a wife that believe not, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. And the woman which has an husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. Why? For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. And your believing wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. So he's saying if they, if they decide to still stay together, let them stay together. Don't separate if the unbelieving one doesn't want to separate. Verse 15 says, But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. Or let her depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases. But God has called us to peace. So if the unbelieving one is one that say she wants to be out of that marriage because she didn't want to follow that religion, which could occur in the midst of new generation where people that is they are formerly fanatical following a religion like Islam, and the man or the woman decided to accept Christ and accepted Christ, and they wanted to kill the woman because of the man because he accepted Christ, and. The, uh, if, they, if they want to, the, the woman may have to escape for her life. No? So, but let's say the man say, well, that's, you, it's fine. And they let the woman be, and the man want to keep their marriage. Let them continue to be married. In some fantastical places, they will want to kill. If the man is the one that has saved Christ, many of them have been, they, they want to separate the man and kill the man also. But see, some of those things happen in, the, in our generation now, when the jihadists are, are, are reviving themselves. But see, God is saying, if the unbelieving depart, then the the believer is not under any con, any under any bondage. So can he remarry there or can she remarry? Yeah, you can you see that's what Apostle Paul saying. If the, you are not under bondage, which means you can remarry if the unbelieving depart. A brother is say and or a sister is not under bondage in such cases. That's what he says in verse 15. Verse 16 says, For what knowest thou, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband, or how knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? But as God has distributed to every man, as the Lord has called everyone, so let him walk. And so ordain I in all churches. See, wherever way you find yourself, walk in that in that in that stage and stay in that situation. Verse 18 says, Is any man called being circumcised, let him not become uncircumcised. Is any called in uncircumcision, let him not be circumcised. 
Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing, but the keeping of the commandments of God. So he's just using that as analogy. That say in the state wherever Christ called you, and that's it's going to continue that in verse 20. Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. Don't try to switch. Why? Because you think they think they must be circumcised, you want to go and circumcise. No, don't try to switch. Call call you like this, stay in that situation. It's not saying you stay in your sin. It's talking about this situation of are you married or not married? Are you circumcised or not circumcised? Stay in that state. Are thou called being a servant? Care not for it, that's verse 21. Care not for it, you are a slave to somebody, but you are now saved believer. Don't worry about it, keep serving as a slave, but you, your heart is praising God as you are serving that ungodly master that is a slave master. You are worshiping God and you are serving God, you will utterly. That master will see a change in your life also and begin to treat you differently. For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. You are a free man in God's eyes. Likewise also he that is called being free is Christ's servant. Verse 20 says, Ye are bought with a price, be not ye the servants of men. So you are not a serving man, you are serving God. You have been bought with a price, you are actually serving God. Even though where physically you are in, in bondage to this man, but you are serving God. Verse 24 said, Brethren, let every man wherein he is called therein abide with God. Now concerning virgins, those are the, um, these are the young people that have not married, but they are about the age of getting married. He said, I have no commandment of the Lord for you, yet I give my judgment as one that has obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. I suppose therefore that this is good for the present distress. I say that it is good for a man so to be. Now what do you mean by present distress? In their generation, they, they are getting to the state where there is serious persecution. And they say, well, if you, have not, you are not attached to a family or a husband or a wife, you don't have little children, you are kind of better off than those who have to take care of their children. Because when persecution comes, it's trying to grab the children, trying to protect the children alone, it's going to be dragging into the hand of the persecutors. So those who are just single, they can run and flee without caring for family members that they need to take, take care of or little children that they, or women always their heart is for their little children that we made them to, to be in serious trouble when they, like, like Christ said, Christ said what to do that are with, with children that are that are suckling, have suckling babies in the days of uh, war because the mother is still carrying the suckling baby and the war is up, up behind them so that's why he said those who are suckling, who have suckling babies are in more trouble than the people that can run and escape for their life. So the same thing is what Apostle Paul is using it when he said, for the virgins, it is good if they stay at that state. He said, concerning virgins, I have no commandment. I give my judgment that I suppose therefore that this is good for the present distress. The distress they have was the persecution is coming upon them. He said, it's good to be a virgin and not married, not attached to anybody. Because of this present situation we are in right now, distress is going upon them as believers being persecuted. See, so give for man to be. Are thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loose. That's verse 27. Are thou loose from a wife? Seek not a wife. But if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. See, if you marry, you have not sinned. But because of the situation right now, it's better to be free to be able to escape if there's persecution. That's what you're saying. If you are seeking a wife, it's okay. But if you are Free from a wife right now, maybe it's, it's okay for you to be free from a wife right now when you can escape for your life when there's persecution. That's what he's saying. That are you married now? 
If you are married, don't don't, uh, don't try to separate. If you are not married, and the persecution is, don't need to be seeking a wife. But if you marry, you have not sinned. If a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh. But I spare you. There will be trouble in the flesh because when you marry, you have some responsibilities to your husband, responsibilities to your wife. And if you have children, respond to the children. So that's why I say, you, that's like I said, you have trouble in the flesh. That's the trouble, these responsibilities. It's what you say, you have responsibilities in the, in the physical life. Verse 29 says, But I say, this I say, brethren, the time is short. You see what he's talking about? He's talking about the, the end of the world is short. In the own generation, things are happening rapidly. They thought the end of the world is so near. So the time is short. He remained that both they that have wives be as though they had none. And they that weep as though they wept not. And they that rejoice as though they rejoice not. And they that buy as though they possess not. And they that use this world as not abusing it. For the fashion of this world passeth away. Saying the end of the world is near. That's what he's saying in this story. Everybody get, get, be, be well guarded and get, keep, your, keep your act together. It's what he's saying. But I will have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried carry for the things that belong to the Lord. How he may please the Lord. But he that is married carry for the things that are of the world. How he may please his wife. So he's not trying to compare that. There will be some responsibilities that you need to take care of in the physical life. That will be hindering you sometimes from being all serving the Lord in all spheres. That's why I say they that are married, they have to take responsibility for their wives. They that are not married, they have nothing else to take responsibility for except for serving the Lord. Verse 34 says, There is difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in the body and in spirit. But she that is married carry for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that ye may attend upon the Lord without distraction. So he's saying, well, all of those responsibilities can be a distraction, but don't worry about those. That's part of life. But you still have to create some time for the Lord. Verse 36, but if any man think that he behaveth himself uncomely toward his virgin, if she pass the flower of her age and needs so require him, do what he will. He sinneth not, let them marry. Now this is addressing to the parents that have daughters that are getting to the age of marriage. So that if she wants to marry, let them marry. And Nevertheless, he that standeth steadfast in his heart, having no necessity, but has power over his own will, and has so decreed in his heart that he will keep his virgin do it well. What does that mean? Keeping your virgin. That is talking about the men that say they, they don't need to give their daughters to marriage. I don't know anybody doing that in this generation. Maybe that was done in that generation where people say they will keep their daughters in for the rest of the time. Let's see. What happened when they now grow and they die? The daughters now in their 50s, they couldn't marry anymore or something like that. So, but they were doing that. They said that he that decided that he was going to keep his virgin, he said, You do well. But as he said, So then, he that giveth her in marriage, do it well. But he that giveth her not in marriage, do it better. That's his way of possible giving his judgment because he's saying those who are married have some responsibility they have to take care of for their husband, for their, for their spouses. 
and so it was recommended that well, if they in the situation that they are in, it's better for them to stay single because they thought the Lord is coming soon and they thought persecution is coming upon them, they better. But all of those things are dispensational, so you can't use that and say everybody should do the best one to do is not to get your daughter to get married. No, for this dispensation, because in another place you see apostles saying to that I wish they all the women get married and raise the family and keep the house. That will have been violating, that will have been contradicting what he's saying to, to the virgins, you know. So, so you have to balance the word of God. The same Paul has said he wished that women get married and raise family and keep the house and not give reproach to God, to the body of Christ. It's the same Paul I was saying, well, it's better if you don't give your daughter to marry you, you are doing better. But if you give your daughter, you are not doing anything wrong. So you have to balance it. It's, it depends on which, whom is addressing, who is, who is taking it. You have to take this one at, a, at comparing scriptures with scriptures. To justify what you are doing is right. They say not, nothing. If you don't, if you don't have, if you couldn't get a husband for your wife, for your for your daughter, if you don't get a husband for your daughter, you are not doing anything wrong. If you really want your daughter to marry, get somebody for your daughter. Most of the time, men have to work it out for your daughter. In Nigeria, we are having situation where now some daughters couldn't get husband, but men have to work it out to get husband for their daughter. That's why they say they're giving their daughter for, to marriage. That's what it means. You are the one doing it, giving to marriage. If the daughter is the one that brings somebody, go well and good. But if you couldn't get, if you couldn't get somebody to come and you better work out something, get some, get your daughter to marry somebody. If you want them to marry, otherwise, if you want to keep her in a single, like Apostle say, you are doing something good also. If you are plan to keep her as a virgin, but if your daughter is no more under your control, she is secretly doing some ungodly thing, that's a reproach against you also, no sir? Because I suppose say if the daughter is found that he was already committing wardom, not in the book of Moses. If he are committing wardom, they stone that daughter in the book of Moses to death, for he has, she has been playing wardom in her father's house. Also. So that's why it was responsible that was put upon the father. Get your daughter. Marry. If you are going to say you want to keep her as virgin, you are going to have to keep her chaste also, also and help her in that. Verse 39. Verse 38. So then he that giveth her in married duet well, but he that giveth her not in married duet better. According to Apostle Paul's judgment. The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will, only in the Lord. So you see, that points to the fact that you are to marry believers. You are to marry in the last one, marrying in the law means marry believers. If the husband is there, that means she woman is a widow, she is, she is free to marry somebody else, but only in the law if she is a believer. Apostle Paul now put his own stance, but she is happier if she so abide after my judgment. And I think also I have the spirit of God. He say, This is my judgment, this is not God commanding that don't go and marry. He say, you are better off if you are a widow and you can keep yourself for the rest of your life as a widow. But in other places, a widow shouldn't be accepted unless they are 60 years old and above. No, so you have to compare scriptures with scriptures. Because when you get to the widows, he was talking to Timothy, that the widows that will not be accepted as widows if they are under 60. And they have also have some qualification before they can be accepted as widows. Because as widows, they have to be supported by the, by the contribution of the church. Because most of those women in that generation don't have any any career or job like we have in our generation. And if they don't have career, the husband that is bringing 
the money in is dead, the widow become de desolate. And that those are the people he was addressing. Those who are widows indeed should be above 60. That they have raised children, they have done this, they have done that, and they, then they can be helped by the body of Christ if they are or children are not able to help them. Because if they have raised children, the children should be adults that should be able to help their parents also. And they also address that that you children should take care of your family members, parents, aunties that are widows. Let not the church be taking care of that. So now he point out and say that well, if they are younger widows, they say let them marry money. So that they will not be busybodies just gossiping around because if they have no nothing to do, they just become busybodies gossiping around and causing reproach to the body of Christ. Say that let them marry marry and raise children. So you see that should be is conflict to the one that said is uh, in my judgment is better if they if they can keep themselves they appear if they are abiding on marriage since they are now widows so you have to compare the scripture with scriptures are they appear if they are unmarried or are they appear if they remarry so you are not to judge between those two chapter 8 we go now into chapter 8 of first corinthians now it's going to address something else that was reported among them now as touching things of fallen to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge poverty of but charity edifies. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. As concerning therefore the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is none other God but one. Now that was a, a, a question among them also because remember in the book of Acts of the Apostles when the when some Jews that believe came around the Gentiles they begin to teach that these people have to be circumcised and so and then they went to Jerusalem to discuss the matter and the final edict was that they wrote a letter to the Gentile churches that God does not put circumcision burden upon you. But this is one thing we want you guys to do. Keep yourself away from idols and things that are sacrificed to idols. Keep yourself away from fornication because they knew that was the lifestyle of many heathen. Fornication, pollution of idols, which is meat. They will offer this meat to, to an idol list and kill it. And then everybody is eating it thinking they have sacrificed to that idol. And they said that that is well, to the Jews. Those are heathenism. So that's why they wrote those letters and said, keep yourself away from all these so sacrifice to idols. Meat sacrifice to idols in the, in the Ephesus was like a cheaper meat because they send the idols as blessed, maybe much more expensive perhaps. Idols as blessed, so they, they sell, they go to the idol market and buy the meat that they think idol has blessed. So those are the things that become like, these are pollutions as far as the Jews are concerned, that's, those are abominations to them. So they said, keep yourself away from those things. That the question kept coming back and saying, should we eat those meat? Suppose somebody is cooking those meat, we don't even know what he cooked, but and he's going to address that in this letter when he say, when it comes to meat that was offered to idols, those idols are nothing, they are just statues. Make man made statues that they have put a name of an idol on it and it's making people afraid. Say there's nothing that it's only one God. That's the first part. It's going to address in different angles. Because he say, well, there's I, not idol is nothing. We all know the truth. The way that I believe I know the truth that those things are just man-made. Idol is nothing. But you got to also address that way. Don't, don't go and be sitting in the idol's temple and telling them that because they are not going to believe you anyway. Because they believe that that idol is 
supernatural is a spirit is doing those things, not knowing that some people just make those statues to deceive mankind. So but say he's going to talk about this in so many angles, but now he's going to also talk about that this idols are actually satanic demons are working with men in this idol. So those who are sacrificing the actual sacrifice to demons. So I don't think you want to be eating with demons either. So there are many angles he address approach this issue. So let's read on. In this chapter 8, it goes first say when well, idol is nothing. And we know that there's only one God. Even though those people claim to be that this idol is a, is a God, but it's, we know it's nothing. There's only one God. That's verse 5. For though there be that are, there, there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. How be it, there is not in every man that knowledge. For some, with some conscience of the idol, unto this hour eat it, as a thing of fall unto an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. But meat commended us not to God. For neither if we eat are we the better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. Now it's going to give money. Because people can take that and say, well, we can eat anything, we can eat anything and begin to participate. Say, but take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. Only by stumbling block. Because people that see you, they say, you guys believe differently from us. But they see you eating the meat after to idols, they think you are agreeing with them that the idol is blessing the meat. No, so they think you are agreeing with them. You may say you don't agree, but you are eating it and they are blessing the meat and praising the idol. You are eating it. With it. They think you are, you become a stumbling block. They won't take your, your, your gospel seriously. They think, well, you are agreeing with us. The idol blesses and you eat it too. And they are eating it just because the idol blesses. For if any man see thee, which has knowledge, sit at meat in the idol temple. Shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? So that's why he's saying, don't go and sit in the idol temple and say, well, idol is nothing, I don't believe you are idol. But bring the meat. Then you let them be encouraged and say, well, he's one of us, we are eating together. And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. Christ died for every man. We have to remember that man is not saved yet. Even though you are supposed to say weak brother. Does not mean that he is, the man is saved yet. That he's seeing you doing it and is encouraged. But those who are saved that do not understand, they see you do it too, they think they as idols are also blessing it also. Even though they don't want to follow the idols, but they will be thinking, well, you are hitting it also. So maybe the idol worshippers are okay. They are doing their own thing. That's why some people are now saying we are all worshipping the same God. I saw them, I think the thing in the Pope, going to the Hindus, going to the Buddhists, going to the Islam, saying we are all worshipping the same God. No, we are not worshipping the same God. Maybe he's worshipping the same God with them. <laughs> and anybody that believes that they are worshipping the same God is following the idol worshippers. Because Christ said, I am the way. Christ said, I am the way, the truth and life. No man comments unto the Father, but by me. So if they are not coming by Jesus Christ, then they are not worshipping the Father. They may claim to be worshipping the Father, but they are not worshipping the Father. So for any so-called church leader, no matter what brand he is of, and saying all of those spiritualists are all worshipping the same God as he is, he has been deceived. That's how I will say about that. 
So Apostle Paul is addressing this one and said, Through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. Christ died for them, even though they are not understood it not yet. Christ died for them also. But when you sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. So he's saying, don't let meat make your brother offend because when you eat it and they see you, you say, well, I know that there's no idol, idol is nothing. But the other brother thinks once you eat it, you are encouraging these other people, then his heart is wounded. Let's go to chapter 9. We're going to continue this because it's long. Chapter 9, Apostle is going to turn to something and say, Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not ye my work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you. For the seed of my apostleship are ye in the Lord. My answer to them that do examine me is this Have we not power to eat and to drink? Have we not power to lead about a sister? a wife as well as other apostles and as the brethren of the Lord and sivers or I only and Barnabas have not we power to forbear walking now he's trying to talk about his own resume that as an apostle he was himself Apollos, himself and Barnabas were not doing any uh, were crying about they still do some physical work which you call part-time job to sponsor the gospel using that as a resume he said we don't even go about with wives like all the other people apostle peter we know he was married even before he joined the the ministry of the lord and many of the brethren of the lord jesus christ are, are all these brothers of of all these guys like uh, james the son of mary and so on so they were all married and having their children and carrying he said they go about with their wives and so on he said but we don't have any that he said don't we have the power to do the same thing but and he went on he said but self said, who go to a warfare anytime at his own charges? Anytime at his own. Who, who planted a vineyard and eat not of the fruit thereof? Or who feeded a flock and eat not of the milk of the flock? Say all these things as a man, or say not the law, the same also. For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muscle the mouth of the ox that traded out the corn. Does God take care for oxen? Or said he eat altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and that he that treasureth in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? Nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Pastor said, Do you not know that they which minister about holy things, Leaf of the things of the temple, and they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar. So he's saying that it's okay for those who are waiting at the altar to be partakers. I mean, that's why in many churches, the the offering, the tithe that came to the church is used to pay the salary of the pastors and the teachers. So there's nothing wrong with that. But Apostle Paul didn't do it that way. He was working to make enough money to still spread the gospel, almost like he was the owner of the gospel. Also. Like the king that we send people to war and the king is financing them, financing all the soldiers. That's why he said, who goes to battle on his own expense? Unless you are the king. So the king is financing all the people that are going to battle as soldiers for him. So he said, but we are not doing it that way. Because we do not want to hinder the gospel of Christ. 
And that's the same way that many of us have been doing is that we do not want to hinder the gospel of Christ. We don't ask for begging for money and asking people by trick and say, pay this money and God will multiply ten times. God will do it, but you see, you are not going to twist your arm. It has to come from your heart. We can teach it, we can point to it, but it is you have to decide whether you want to participate in sponsoring the gospel. So Apostle Paul is saying, we are, he was walking, he said, that's why he said himself and Barnabas, they were still walking to sponsor the gospel that they were preaching. He said that others are taken from the churches and he said that we have the right to do that also, but we don't want to hinder the gospel of Christ. Verse 14 says, even God has ordained that those who are preaching the gospel should live by the gospel. He said, even so as the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. But I have used none of these things as Apostle Paul's example. And someone like me has followed that Apostle Paul example as if we are not trying to say the money that they contribute, if it's not enough, we're not going to do anything. It is the money they contribute is to help us to propagate more. But we are also sponsoring it through our own money that we earn from salaries to sponsor the gospel. That's what Apostle Paul is saying. That, but I have not used the power to say you, your, the money from the gospel, you should be the one to sponsor him. Neither have I written these things that it should be so done unto me, for it were better for me to die than that any man should make my glory void. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. I'm going to continue this in the next broadcast. God bless you.